It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, and welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike. He is Gordon Mack. It's Thursday, September 3rd. We had a fun pole vault competition yesterday, and it's uh, segueing into an exciting day of track and field tomorrow in Brussels. We also have a world record attempt next month to look forward to. Uh, a lot of things going on right now. In we, We've got a pole vault competition in the street, an hour run world record on both the men's and women's side. Uh, a lot of weirdness going on. I guess it's appropriate for 2020. But Gordon, how are you doing today? Doing good. And when, like last week, we thought like, hey, the season's dying down. Yeah. Yesterday, you guys did a podcast on like who had the best, you know, outdoor pro season in 2020. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're ready to go with a bunch of great running content. I mean, the Chepta guy and his teammate, uh, Bekele, they're going to be doing, they have the London Marathon, and they're going to have a yeah. world record attempt in a 10K, and then he's going to run the world half all in October. So, right. That's a month from now, but there's stuff happening this week. It's just crazy how I thought it was dying down, but just picking right back up. Yeah, October is slated to be pretty awesome, as it was last year. If we think back to uh, Chicago Marathon, obviously, and Kipchoge's exhibition at the uh, the Breaking 2 or whatever they called it, the Ineos 159. There we go. Uh, so October going to be good again. We'll start there. Joshua Chap, the guy fresh off breaking the world record in the 5,000, going to go for another Kenanisa Bekele world record. He's going to tackle the 26.17 that Bekele has in that 10K, which is just an epic mark. And he will go for it in Valencia, a city he's had success before. A lot of people have had success before running fast on the roads, but he'll do it on the track October 4th. Uh, let's get the formal mark here for you. 26-17-53, which Bekele set in 2005 in Brussels. 
after he ran the 1235, I kind of had a feeling this would happen, that that, that Chepta guy would go for this mark. I think he's going to crack this mark. There's not been a lot of 5,000, or excuse me, 10,000s over the years where people have really gone for it. I mean, no one's been in, in, in that shape. But when you run 1235, I think you can run 1308s back to back. Uh, I don't know how he'll plan to run it, but I figure that'll be the case, just seeing how consistent his laps were in Monaco for that 5,000. Uh, I think this is going to go down on October 4th. Do you have any reason to believe it won't? Yeah. Uh, mm. I think we're overly confident because of what he did. We're like, hey, wow. uh, you break a world record in 5K, it's guaranteed you can do 10K. It's still two laps, right? And it's still, I mean, by two laps, I mean two two 5Ks. So it's still <laughs> 25 laps. Uh, right. And a lot can go wrong. Now, now we're looking at it. He has run 26.38 on the roads. On the roads, yeah. <laughs> on the roads. And he's run 26.48 in Doha last year. So he is, what, 20 seconds away? right? Yeah, but he's so much better than even then. I mean, we look back to Valencia. He's bet way better than the 26.38. And I know that's a fast course. And th- that, basically, that Doha ch- World Championships, I mean, that was like a tactical 26.48. And you can't even really compare it, as we kind of talked about with his previous marks in the 5,000 coming in to running that 1235. You can't compare. He's on a whole different level. Um, I, I just I'd, – I'd have to check to see what the what the conversions are, uh, the IAAF scoring tables. I don't really care because those don't always bear out. I just think the 1235, his consistency on the laps there, that, that tells me he's going he's gonna to crush it. I – I, I think he breaks twenty six ten to be honest. Whoa! I, yeah, I, I I really do. Um, I I think for somebody who just ran twelve thirty five and looked pretty easy in doing so, I think he'll go out in thirteen oh five, and I think he's gonna have a ton left to ton left to go. You gotta you gotta convince me otherwise. So I think he's gonna run like twenty six twenty twenty six nineteen. Like I think he's gonna be just just short. Of the mm-hmm. twenty six seventeen, now I mean, now this is all based off of a stupid, stupid reasoning. But you ready for my stupid reasoning? Love, uh, love to hear it. So, Bekele before he ran, so Bekele ran twenty six forty nine in two thousand three, and then in two thousand four he ran twenty six twenty, which was the world record at the time, and then two thousand five he ran twenty six seventeen. So he mm-hmm. basically went from twenty six forty nine to twenty six twenty. Mm-hmm. Right, so he he knocked off thirty seconds when he went for it in Ostrava it back in two thousand four, and then another extra three in Brussels the following year. So if we're looking at what like Cheptegei and became similar five k PRs before they had their big jump to breaking the world record in the five k. Like I remember right. talking about it, both Cheptegei and Bekele weren't running like. Uh, twelve forties, like they were running twelve fifties low, and then all of a sudden they had the twelve thirty breakout race, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he is if 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 Pekele made a jump from twenty six forty nine to twenty six twenty, I would assume that Chepta guy who's right now a twenty six forty eight guy will probably make a similar jump, the way he just made a similar jump in the five k. Yeah. But I don't think it's gonna be a jump that is 
40 seconds. I think it'll be more of a jump that is 30 seconds, which will put him right on the edge of the world record. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, it's a world record. So just because you can't guarantee a world record all the time. I mean, we all thought Kipchoge was going to break two the first time he attempted it, but he didn't. He fell short. I'm- that is revisionist history. I don't think a lot of people thought that he was going to do that. No, that people thought he was going to do it the second time, and he did. That people did not think he was. I don't think a lot of people thought he was going to do it the first time. But okay, anyways, go ahead. You got me there. I, I'm yeah. trying to. I'm trying to work on my my uh, political uh, revisionist history skills. Uh, but what <laughs> I'm trying to say is, I just think that um, the jump is too massive. Okay. I mean, I th- I think. Bikele had a 30-second PR when he broke the world record at the first time in 26-20. I think yeah. the guy is due for another 30-second PR, which will put him right behind the current world record. And that's just what I think. Well, while you were on your spiel, which I enjoyed, um, I did look up the, the IAAF scoring tables, the famous IAAF scoring tables, which have never been wrong before. His... <laughs> his time, his 12.35, whatever it was, three or, you know... It, Exactly. I don't remember exactly what it was down to the decibels, but twenty six thirteen is supposedly the the equivalent. So, hey man, that's a world record. Like, okay. I think he's breaking twenty six ten. Don't worry about his PR. It's not indicative of where he at where he's at. Worry What's- about the twelve thirty five. Know that you know he went for this 5000 meter world record because he knew exactly where he was at he just clicked off the 60s and 61s that got him there i think he wouldn't be doing this unless he was i think pretty close to 100% confident that he's going to be able to knock this out does that mean it's automatically going to happen no of course not but you get the right conditions and let's let's also remember in monaco he didn't even have perfect conditions it was a little warm if you get good conditions october in valencia He's run very, very well in in Valencia in the past this time of year. Let's see. Where, where was he in Valencia? I got to look that up again. But in the fall in Valencia, he has crushed it previously, going back to December 1st of last year, running that 26.38, which for a minute stood as the world road uh, record. I, I also want to point out somebody he beat in Ronix Kiprutu at the World Championships in the 10,000. He ran a 26-24 on the road. So if somebody he beat can run 26-24 on the roads, I think our man here can run a run under 26-17 on the track. I there's too much evidence that he can do it. You you look at the the scoring tables which I derided at the beginning, but now I'm going to use them to my advantage of course. Uh I will, I'll be stunned if he doesn't have this record. And I, like I said, I think he's breaking 26-10. Okay. Let's look at the scoring tables for Bekele. Bekele ran 12.37 in a 5K, and then a week yep. later, he ran 26.20, right, mm-hmm. when he broke the world record for the first time. 12.37 on the scoring tables is equal to 26.18. No, so see, I have it he, as 26.17. You may have a more updated version than I do, but, yeah, it's right there. It's right yeah. on the same. So you're proving my point. But no, no, he ran, he ran two seconds faster. I mean, two seconds slower than what his 5K said he should have ran. No? That's fine. He ran 26.20. His 5K said he should have ran 26.18. Okay, but if guy runs two seconds slower than what the the scoring table say, he's going to run 26.15. He's breaking this record. 
I normally I don't want to put it down money against you because you have like a keen sense of betting, at least better than me. I'm just horrible at it. <laughs> but I am willing to wager twenty dollars on this. Or would you be willing to go so far? Hmm. Well, if we're gonna wager, we should wager on time and over the price. The the the. The time. What's 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 the record? Twenty six seventeen. So it should be twenty six dollars and seventeen cents. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, that's what it should be. Uh, just for I'd, fun I'm, sakes. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But here's uh, the thing. Uh, how about this? Okay. Whatever. Uh, we set we set it twenty six seventeen. Right. If he yeah. runs, if you. So you're saying twenty six thirteen though, right? You're like, uh, well, I think he's gonna break twenty six ten. Okay, I'm will, I'm I'm willing to make a bet on that. Like I'm willing to make a bet that he won't break twenty six ten. Okay, uh, I put the twenty six seventeen on that he'll break twenty six ten. I'll do it. I'll I'll okay. risk it. I'm gonna risk that. So we right, we'll, you can put, we can get that down in writing. I'm fine to lose that money if I'm wrong, but I'm confident he's he's gonna do it now. I'm sure he'll be trying to stick right on pace to run twenty six sixteen so that he doesn't burn out, right? But I, I, I think I think twenty six ten's in the cards here. I, I, I really do. So I just think hey. we're also we, we get so ex- like we th- when we see an incredible feat, we like think it's easy for some reason. Like when we see him top his watch and upload his five k to Strava, we look flex. at. We look at it as like, oh, this was just a workout or this was just a regular tempo run. But he was doing something that's never been done by a human being and mm. it wasn't easy for him. Like it may look easy, but he was doing something that's never been done before. That's a hard thing to do. And I think it just is. guaranteeing athletes being able to do incredible feats, it's just always, you know, you got to be skeptical of that because what if like he has like a side stitch at lap 14 or what if like he ate a wrong pasta sauce the night before mm. and it just has a little See, bit you're figuring well, he has, he's gonna eat pasta i don't think my man chapter guy's a pasta guy but i don't don't put this this hex on him i think the fact that he stopped his watch right after the finish line was smiling is a good sign when i'm really really tired i can't remember to do stuff like if i'm tired with my new baby i can't remember to set the coffee up to be made in the morning he's like running 403 pace for 3.1 miles and he's still got enough to he's got the the foresight to stop his watch i i'm telling you that was easy for him and 26 tens in incoming Again, a guy he beat at the World Championships ran 26-24 on the roads. That, to me, is the sign that 26-17 is going to be easy, and then I think 26-10, sub-26-10. So it's on, it's on record here. We have, this on, on, and we have an audio contract. If he doesn't break <laughs> 26-10, I owe you $26.17. All right, Fine deal. With it. I'll, I'll pay it up. Okay. okay, so glad we got that settled. Uh, we can talk about results now that we've, we've done some predictions. Uh, yesterday there was a diamond league it was a pole vault only diamond league which normally i'd be like i'd put my nose up to but mondo Duplantis is there that means it's going to be exciting and it was it was a street meet in lausanne he jumped 607 which is not a pr overall it's an outdoor pr but of course he he jumped 618 indoors but it, the highest outdoor jump in 26 years he took a crack at the 615 world record but uh had to stop because it was getting so dark 
So that's how good of a competition it was between him and Sam Kendricks, who cleared 602 meters to put the pressure on Mondo and probably helped him get even higher. Uh, but it's tough to lose when you jump 602. But Gordon, 12 wins in 12 competitions this year for Mondo DePlantis and 13 if you want to count his tied for victory in the Ultimate Garden Clash. What do you think of this performance? Uh, once again, impressive. This kid, uh, or he's not a kid anymore. He's a man now, right? How old is he? He's born. 20. He's 20 now? Yeah. So he turns 21 uh, in October. October 11th is his birthday. Just look at it, it. So he'll be a 21. He can he can enjoy a, a ice cold beverage uh, in in October. But uh, I, bet he, I bet he never has in his entire life enjoyed I, a, enjoyed. A beer. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he was super. The, he's he's focused. You know, he was always focused yeah. on pole vaulting and nothing else. Um, right. But 607. All right, the world record outdoors is 614. Uh, Sergey Bubka. He's jumped outdoors. He's jumped 614, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 5, 5, 5. So, Sergey is still like the GOAT when it comes to the pole vault, right? I mean, he was consistently Ooh, I mean, he I owns the he owns yeah, the top I, 8 marks, I don't know right? If he's the GOAT. Well, outdoors yeah, he's, he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Okay, okay, fair. Fair. There's no yeah, indoors. No one gets no I mean, there was no indoors. Come on. Okay, 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 fine. He owns, literally, if if someone, he has a top eight jumps, uh, vaults of all time. Yes, right. okay, okay, fine. So, fair. I just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling argumentative today. But know? what I'm going to say is, I'm what I'm going to say is, I think in the next three years, Mondo might become the GOAT when it comes to pole vault, if he keeps mm-hmm. this up. He's young, he's only 20 years old, he has... I mean, most pe- I mean, how old is Sam Kendricks right now? Sam Kendricks is 20, 26, 27, 28, 20, 27, 28. And he, Sam Kendricks vaulted last year alone, 606. So like mm-hmm. you don't, you can keep going at an older age, right? In pole vaults. I mean, I feel like his prime hasn't started yet in a weird yeah. way, which is crazy to think. Like, I think his prime would be now to age, what, 28? Right, so he still has eight years of a prime, or seven years left of a prime. We'll see. He's shown a remarkable ability to be durable thus far. I mean, part of part of that is his youth, but he's he competes a ton, even in in a year as such. He's always competed a ton, and so yeah, I, I would think so. I would think. I mean, you've got Lavillane. He's obviously past his prime, but he's in his well into his thirties. So we could, if if he's interested. Now, maybe there's a point where he he's so dominant, Mondo is eventually, that he just decides to call it. But I, I think this guy's coming for everything. I should revise my statement a little bit. I had Sergey Bubka question about if he's the GOAT. Uh, I will say I was incorrect. He is absolutely the GOAT. Look at this record. 1983 pole vault world champion. 1987 pole vault world champion. 1991 pole vault world champion. 1993 world champion. 95 world champion. 97 world champion. And then the 1988 pole vault Olympic champion. So my bad there, Sergey. Uh, quite a few, <laughs> quite a few titles, quite a few gold medals in his, uh, in his, uh, I don't know, closet. I guess you could say. So yes, he's still the goat. My 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 mistake. But I, I think Mondo will become like I think when we look back on the eight year anniversary of this podcast, you know, Ooh, that's we'll be, be able 
we'll we'll bring back this episode and be like, remember how right Gordon was on two things? He was right about Mondo becoming the GOAT and that chapter guy wasn't going to break 2610. Mm-hmm. Uh, two two great predictions by yours truly. Cool. I I can I can be there for it. You know, I I have to wonder if he would have broken the world record if the lighting would have been good enough yesterday. He took a crack, but he kind of bailed at it. It was getting dangerous uh, because he couldn't see. I don't know why the light situation, maybe they didn't figure the competition was going to go so long. But I mean, come on, Lazan, you're in Switzerland. People have freaking secret bank accounts in your country. That's how rich you are. <laughs> Like, let, let's get some lights out, out there so that we can take a crack when a guy is in rhythm so that we can we can maybe get a 615 world record. I, I, I uh, that's my only bone to pick with yesterday's competition, because otherwise it was great. I mean, Sam Kendricks had a good, good one as well. According to Let's Run's John Galt, 602 is the best non-winning jump in pole vault history. So, uh, yeah, the before that, the, the best non-winning jump was six flat. Okay. Um, in 1995. Uh, Got it. Yeah, if you look at all-time athletics, you can just search. Uh, you can see what place every performance got, and so now Sam Kendrick has the highest second-place finish. That that's a that's a nice distinction, I guess. But I mean, so far Vermondo, no gold medal yet. I know he's only 20, but he's got to he's got to get going on those. I mean, Kendrick's got a beat on him there. How happy is Sam that? Uh, Mondo decided to represent Sweden and not USA. That's a good question. I mean, I don't think Mondo's going to stop Kendricks from making teams, but he he would have stopped him clearly from winning U.S. titles. So, I I imagine that's good. I didn't think the guys who are especially pleased about that are the the you know the second and third place guys, right? The guys who don't have to worry about him automatically taking a spot at a U.S. championship. So. Uh, I'm sure very happy is is the is the uh, the the right answer there. So okay. moving on, yeah. What else is happening? Well, tomorrow tomorrow we have Brussels, uh, which is going to be unique for sure. Just like about every track meet has been, we have the premier events, at least in my eyes, are the two one hour run world record attempts for the men. And the women, and for the men, this signals the return of Mo Farah to the track. Let's see. It's going to be his first track race. I should have had this written down, but it, it, the man has not run on the track for, for a little bit here. I want to see when it, when is the last time he uh, – oh, goodness, now I can't find it. Here we go. I just want to see when the last time Mo Farah ran on the track. He's never done this hour event, which should come as no surprise, but – Let's see. Okay, so he has not run on the track since 2017. So, uh, I'm just trying to think when when the exact... I think August 24th, when he won the Diamond League final, I believe. So it's been August... It's been over three years since Mo Farah has been on a track. He's returning to try to break Haile Gebre Selassie's one-hour run world record. So it's just what it sounds like, folks. You just... Start the clock and you run as far as you possibly can. The record, 21,285 meters. That equates to 432 a mile. That was a long-winded way of saying or asking. Do you think Mo Farah does this tomorrow? So it's a weird uh, record to kind of wrap your head around about the difficulty of it. So mm-hmm. while you were talking, I try to think about the difficulty. So a half marathon is basically 
21,100 meters. It's 97.5, but 20, say it's 21,100 meters. Okay. And that's a half marathon. And yeah. what's a half marathon world record? 58.10, yeah, 58. I think. Yeah, what's Mo Farah's PR in the half marathon? Well, no, hold on, see. You, hold on, let's see what the world record is. Yeah. No, 58.01. I got my numbers mixed up. 58.01 is, is Cam Warward's world record from last September. Okay. Um, and then Mo Farah. He's run uh, 59.07. Yeah. So yeah. Mo Farah would basically need to run a half marathon at his PB, right? Yeah. And then you'd have 53 seconds to run basically 200 meters. I think he could do that. Here's what I just realized. Jeffrey Camorra would crush this record. That's what yeah. I that's what I just realized. <laughs> and probably Kipchoge too. Cuz Kipchoge, yes, I know he got help, but with his 15940 marathon that was 434 per mile pace now we're on the track and we're 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 trying to get a guy to run 432 per mile pace so i think there are a number of guys and let's go ahead and let's say let's joshua chep the guy could also crush this as well so mo fair has the advantage here of this being a rarely run event it's not going to be a walk in the park but yeah if he's just in pr shape and can hang on to jog a final 200 i think he gets this competition is good but not great. I mean, Sandra Moen actually of of uh, Norway ran a one hour event earlier this year. He ran twenty thousand seven hundred and three meters in route. I, I forget exactly what distance he was doing, but it, the good thing is I think Farah will have help to get him there, and I think he's going to be fit enough to to get this done. This isn't an incredibly strong strong record. Yes, it's owned by Haile Gebrselassie, but it it it's it's ready to go down. Makes me think about: Is there a record out there that I could attack that isn't officially recorded anywhere? Like the mm-hmm. farthest running? Because I don't think anyone's ever taken like their thirty-second split on any run, right? Like so you're no one knows the thirty-second, the thirty-second run. Is that yeah. who could be the first? I mean, I think some people. I think. Michael Norman would probably have yeah. you. Wade Van Niekirk would have you in route. But if it's not officially recorded, yeah, then I got it. Like if I, it doesn't it, count unless it. it's you need to you need to have a judge eye exactly where your step is when that clock hits thirty seconds, and no one is doing that in the four hundred. They're just ignoring where they are at thirty seconds. They're only looking to see where they are at four hundred meters. So if I hire a USATF sanctioned official judge to run next to me for 30 seconds and officially mark it, I should be a world record holder. Yeah, that's what they're going to have to do with Farah, right? They're going to have to, like, put it on the, put it on the, have it exactly laid out just the same. So it's going to be interesting to see if he breaks it by, like, a meter or, like, a foot. Are they going to have it, like, exactly dot, dotted down? So I, I'm I'm fascinated to see how this goes down. Uh on the women's side, I think it's a very attainable record for, which is a great matchup between Safana San and Bridget Koskai. The record, 18,517 meters. What a record. Dire Tuna from 2008. That's 513 a mile. Gordon Bridget Koskai's 214.04 marathon world record is 507 a mile. I think somebody's going to break this. We'll see what shape Kazgai is in. And, of course, Sasan's got question marks coming off that DNF in the Monaco 5K. So uh, 
this record's going down. It's just who do you like here? Yeah. And Hassan, obviously, like you said, has the question mark with her DNF. I kind of like Hassan if she just like sits on Koske and then when she sees the clock with 10 seconds to go, she just sprints, you know? Uh, there's a little sit and kick and, and a time. It, this is going to be interesting because I feel like yeah. we might have like a weird like battle. It won't be a battle to the line. It'll be a battle to zero. It's going to be weird, right? It'll be kind of fun. I wonder how like these mm-hmm. time world record races play out when it's like neck and neck. Like, like mentally, how do you make a mm. move? Like you're like, what's the move? Like, how do you like, oh, I am going to try to win this race by just going to the lead now and then just hoping, you know, do you like block them? Like you could easily win this race by just like not letting the pass you just like move in and out and be like, oh no, I'm just always going to be in front of you, you know? Mm. But -hmm. I think Hassan wins it. I I, strategically, I have no idea. Um, As far as pace, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have the wave light technology, right? So they'll know kind of where they're supposed to be. This women's record is, is going to happen. I think both women knock it out. I don't think Hassan would be here if she didn't have confidence that you know that she was going to do this as well. I just, I just think Kazka is just going to crush her, though. I, I think somebody who's run five oh seven for a marathon should be running. I mean, maybe it's not as easy as you can't say she's in the same fitness as she was in Chicago uh, last year, but. She should be able to run 505 pace, I would think, for an hour, right? Yeah. I'm going to try to see. Has, has Safana Sa- ever run a half marathon? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's got a 65-15 personal best. Okay. So that's harder to calculate she's, now. Now that I think about it. So she's uh, she'll, she'll be competitive. This is a great matchup. Like, this is what we would have wanted. This is like prime Kipchoge meeting prime Mo Farah. like this is this is a great matchup on the women's side I just think the marathoner has the distinct advantage here we know Hassan has incredible incredible range but I think someone who's run 214 that was a good crusher I'm excited I think I'm more excited to see this women's race than I am the men's one just simply because I know Farah's come back after a long track uh hiatus but given the question marks we have about Hassan but also noting how good she was last year. And then obviously Kazguy, now the greatest marathoner by leaps and bounds. This is a perfect matchup. We always would have wanted something like this on the men's side. And now we're getting it here on the women's side. Yes, it's a weird event. But it's it's going to answer some questions about when we have tr- track stars and road stars meeting on the meeting in the middle it's like who's who's better at this at a middle distance well we'll kind of we're going to kind of find out here so it, it's going to be fun and and uh i'm that's a great analogy it's like prime Farah going up against prime kipchoge i like that it is it really is 